right. Can we have all the kids up front? Come on. Hey there. Good to see you. All right. You all can you all can have a seat right there. I think that's okay. Is that all right? Do you all remember what season we're in? Yes. Advent. Good deal. We learned about seasons on Wednesday night, right? Does anybody remember what Advent means? Yes? Ooh, good deal, right? It means the coming of Christ, right? The Advent is the season in which we await for God to come. Uh, and we, we wait for Christ to come in a fresh and a new. So, so if Jesus were to come to your house today, would that be good news or bad news? It'd be good news? How come? Because he's cool and fun to hang out with? Oh, yeah. Huh? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, right? You know, it would be a good thing because when, whenever Jesus shows up, what Jesus uh, likes to do with us is he likes the masterpiece that is within us. Um, he likes to bring it out. Yes? Um, and so um, I want you all to be reminded that, that you are created in the image of God, that God created you to be a masterpiece. And so when Jesus shows up in Scripture, when he spent time with people, he did different things with different people, yes? Uh, with some people, um, when he wanted the masterpiece to come out, they just needed to hear words of comfort, and they needed to hear words that they were of great worth to him um, and, and that they had purpose and meaning. Uh, then there were some other people that when God came and sat down with them, God needed to like kind of say, hmm, maybe you need to change your ways a little bit. None of you are that way though, right? Because you all are all perfect, right? No? No, okay. Yes, there we go. Um, but, but when Jesus shows up, however he interacts with us, he comes to, to bring the best out in us. He comes so that the, the person he intended us to be, the masterpiece he showed us to be or created us to be, comes out and we can share it with other people. And so in this Advent season, um, uh, last week I challenged you to look around and look for signs of God and God's hope. Uh, this week, uh, I just want to encourage you to pay attention uh, to, to God uh, and uh, to ask God to just help you so that the masterpiece that he created you to be might come out every day and every moment. You think you can do that? Yes? Some of you can. Some of you um, are going to be difficult with me because that's your job. Yes, you're so funny. Let us pray. Gracious God, we just thank you for your presence. Um, indeed, um, it is good news when you show up. Um, help us all, Lord, that uh, the masterpiece that you have created us to be uh, may, um, may come out for all to see. Continue to work in our lives so that we might live and love like you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you all can go back to your parents if, uh, if you'd like. Well, on this second Sunday of um, Advent, um, and, and actually next Sunday also, we're going to begin to hear words as we continue to look at, at uh, the story in Luke. We're going to hear words uh, from John the Baptist. 
Um, now, uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I'm not exactly sure what to do with the words of John the Baptist. When we, uh, when we talk about love and joy and peace, uh, sometimes we need to unpack his words a little bit more if we're going to understand uh, just exactly um, what those words mean and how they are good news to us. But I like to remind us that John, uh, John was like the Old Testament prophets, Yes. Um, John uh, came um, to speak the Word of God into uh, the situation in which the world was at the time. Like the prophets of old, John comes to speak to the people of God first. He, he comes to speak uh, to the people who should know God's ways. And just like the prophets of old, he comes to speak words of comfort uh, when, when folks are in the midst of crisis And he comes to speak words of challenge and warning when the people are complacent. And it seems to be that in the time of Jesus, uh, that it was more the latter than the former. And so let us hear these words from Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. In the 15th year of the ruler of the emperor Tiberius... When Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea, and Herod was the ruler over Galilee, his brother Philip was ruler over Ituria and Tractonitis, and Lysanias was rule over Abilene. During the high priest of Annas and Caiaphas, God's words came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness." And now before I go on, I guess as, as I read this this week, I, I, you know, it really struck me, oftentimes we think of, of Luke using the names of specific people um, really just to set where we are in history. But I wonder as we hear those names if there's more going on in this scripture and the reasons that Luke might speak of these individuals. Uh, for after all, you know, Tiberius the emperor was supposed to be the very image of God, yes, or, or, or was treated like a god. All of these folks that are mentioned before John, uh, they are rulers, um, they are leaders, they are people who you would expect God to speak to. And I, um, I suspect that God did seek to speak to all of them. Uh, but I suspect that their ears were not as welcoming or as receptive as John's. I suspect that they were people who uh, didn't necessarily feel like they needed a word from God because they already had all of the right answers. And so part of me wonders, as Luke sets the story up this way, if he's just trying to make that contrast and another piece of these first two verses, uh, maybe it's just that, that John wants us to see that even in the days of old, there was more than just John's voice for people to listen to. Uh, people would hear the words of the emperor. They would hear the words of the local ruler. They would hear the words of the high priest. 
And there were all of these voices speaking into their lives um, and telling them and giving them instructions. And so another piece of me wonders as we read this passage if Luke is, is simply wanting us to see uh, that just as in our days, there are many voices that speak into our lives. And then the last thing as we think about those verses, uh, I find it interesting that it says the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. In the wilderness. The place uh, that people were afraid of. The place uh, where the wild beasts and the animals lived. But also a place where there might have been less competing voices. A place where John was prepared to hear what God had to say. And so as I thought about that, I just, uh, it's just important, I think, as we hear those verses um, to, to ponder and wonder um, how Luke intends us to hear these verses and to understand what it means that God's word came to John in the wilderness, in the midst of all these competing voices, to a person, um, despite leaders that should have been able to hear God, maybe didn't. And it continues in, in uh, verse 3, then it says, John went throughout the region of the Jordan River calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. This is, this is just as it was written in the scroll of the words of Isaiah the prophet. A voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley will be filled and every mountain and hill will be leveled. The crooked will be made straight and the rough places made smooth. All humanity will see God's salvation. May, may everyone with ears to hear, hear the word of God and respond this day. The word of God came to John. And we are told that John went forth calling people to turn back to God. Like the prophets of old, uh, he came uh, saying that God was coming, God was going to do this new thing, and that the people needed to prepare themselves for what God might be doing. Last week we talked about the need, um, the need to anticipate the coming of God, not with doom and gloom, but looking for God's signs of hope. And today, I think as we hear uh, John speak to us, uh, we need to be challenged to listen with fresh ears to God and what God might be doing in, in order to uh, prepare ourselves for the coming of the Lord. Um, we, is everything okay, Kobe? Okay. Um, we need to prepare ourselves so that we might hear the Word of God speaking to us. Just think of it. I mean, in the days, in the days of John the Baptist, um, he came to the people of God. He, he called them to turn to God. He told them that God was coming to do this new thing. 
And yet, many people failed to hear God. They failed to hear His message. They failed to prepare themselves. They failed to see who Jesus was and what Jesus was up to. And and I can't help but wonder if, if that's what happens so often to us today is that we get in a place where we think that we, we know everything there is to know about what God is up to and who God is, or we get set in our ways with our expectations of how God comes and how God works. And yet, um, God often works in ways that surprise us, in ways that we do not anticipate. God comes to us, and He comes to heal us and to offer us hope and to give us wholeness. God speaks through people, and yet so often, like the people in John's day, we fail to hear or to see what God is up to. John came to the people of God proclaiming uh, that God was coming in a new way to do a new thing. And yet, many people failed. In fact, many rejected Jesus and His ways because they were not what they expected. They wanted a God who would come and hammer the Romans. They wanted a God who would come and set up uh, this kingdom in which uh, the Israelites would rule over the world. They wanted this God who would punish their enemies. And instead, they got a God who who came and challenged them to love their enemies. They got a God instead of one who patted the, uh, the royal people on the back and said uh, that you were doing a wonderful job. He, he came to the humble and the low. And He said, you are of value and you are of worth. You are a part of the kingdom of God. John came to the people of Israel in their day saying, prepare the way of the Lord. Not because God will not come unless you prepare the way, but because God is coming and if the people were going to see the signs of hope, if the people were going to hear God speak into their lives to change and transform their lives, they needed to eliminate the distractions They needed to be sure that they were hearing God's voice and pushing aside all the other voices that called them to seek after greed and power and status. They needed to hear the words of God. And they needed to remove the obstacles that were in the way of their hearing and their listening. And so when John called the people to turn to God, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't calling the people uh, to get your lives all perfect so that uh, God can come. He wasn't calling people to clean up the house, uh, to shove everything in the closets or brush it under the rug so that God wouldn't see it. He wasn't uh, calling people to make everything look good so that God would show up. He was simply calling people to turn toward 
God, to realign their lives with God, to show that their desire was to follow God. He was calling people, uh, he was calling people to be prepared for the coming of Christ, to speak to the deepest depths of their heart, to change them from the inside out. And see, as I said with the children, the, sa- the strange thing when Jesus showed up, we see in Scripture, when Jesus showed up and he interacted with people, he, he, didn't, he didn't pull out his piece of paper with his canned um, um, uh, um, speech that he was going to give to folks, did he? He, he didn't pull out this, uh, this canned speech in which it's like, okay, now I've I got to go through this checklist um, to get everybody uh, to, to turn toward God. He met people where they were. And so that means if we're going to be prepared for the coming of Christ, afresh and anew, we we need to take some time to understand exactly where we are. We need to open up our ears so that we can hear God speak new and fresh things into our lives. That may mean that for some of us where we are in our lives, we just need God to show up, to show up and to begin to point us in the direction because we find ourselves just having a sense of of hopelessness in the world, wondering whether or not we have meaning or purpose. And and we may just need Jesus uh, to show up in our lives to remind us that we have worth and value, that we have purpose, and that we have meaning, and that all hope is not lost. Some of us may uh, need Jesus to show up, uh, to, to show us the way uh, to simply be a better neighbor. We may need Jesus uh, to show us how to look around and to see the folks around us and to be aware uh, uh, of what's going on in their lives, to uh, be willing to step out and to connect and make friends with folks who seem to be isolated or, or seem to be on the fringes of society. Uh, they don't seem to have anybody who will surround them with love and care. Some of us may need Jesus to show us the way to allow, um, to allow His love and His grace to flow from us. Some of us may need Jesus to show up and give us a kick in the seat of the pants, yes? In Malachi, we are reminded that sometimes when Jesus shows up, He shows up as a refining fire. For some of us, for Jesus to show up and to show us the way, it might hurt a little bit because there's some, some, some dross, some impurities that indeed need to be burned away if this masterpiece that we were created to be is to, uh, is to shine forth from us. Sometimes we simply need uh, to allow the Spirit to show up and to work within us, shaping us and forming us and transforming us. And if we all, if you all live long enough, you'll experience the need of Jesus to show up in all of those ways at some point in time in your life. But John the Baptist comes to us on this Sunday of Advent, telling us that Christ is coming. 
that God is coming in new and powerful ways, challenging us to prepare our hearts to receive from God what it is that we need to receive from God in the places where we find ourselves. And he says at the end of this passage uh, that, that God's showing up to the people of God, uh, continuing to shape and transforming us as we realign our lives with, with Christ, as we uh, begin to live and to love like Jesus, then all the earth will see and experience the salvation of God then all people will begin to see the signs of hope. All people will begin uh, to see that God is a God who comes to rescue and to heal. A God who comes to make us, uh, to give us um, hope and to make us whole. A God who comes continually shaping us and forming us refining us so that uh, the masterpiece He created us to be might shine forth. Just think, if all the people, just in the U.S., not to mention the world, if all the people in the U.S. who show up on Sunday and claim to be followers of Jesus, if all the people who seek to follow Christ would in this Advent season begin to look for the signs of hope, begin to listen for the words of God, begin to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit to shape us and form us so that we might truly live and love like Jesus I can't help but believe that all the world indeed would see and experience the salvation of God. For they would know that he was a God of love and grace, a God of healing and hope, a God who seeks to make us all whole. May we this day prepare our hearts and our souls for the coming of Christ afresh and anew into our lives so that we might be the light of Christ that shines in this world. In Christ's name, amen. Gracious God, we thank you for your presence with us. Continue to shape us and form us. Help us to anticipate your coming, to be open to hearing you speak into our lives. In Christ's name, amen.